You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 226, brought to you by InStock Trades and the Summit City Comic Con and iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to a beautiful day and the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 226. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with uh, Ron Richards. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hi, Josh. How nice is it in New York City right now? As we record, it's pretty nice. As people are listening, I can't, I can't venture a guess. It doesn't matter. We're going to live in the now. They'll have to guess when this was, but that's... I, it was I in the mid-60s the today. Listen, listen, self-centered boys. It was 75 today in San Francisco. So it's, just, it's, it's right That's now. R- right now, it is equally beautiful weather on both coasts. So. Two weeks ago, there was snow up to my balls, and Whoa. you got New Jersey under my, my balls. Under, yeah, it was it was high snow, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's <laughs> enough for the uh, chit chat portion of the show. Apparently, that doesn't work. That's what We're I learned. We're done with now. that. Done with that. We're not you doing. You can't chit chat people that you hate. Anyway. <laughs> Fanboy.com is our website. It's about comic books because we like them. We started it up so we could talk about them, and uh, that's what we do. So every week one of us has to read – well, we all read all the comic books that we buy and some that we wouldn't normally buy, but that's not for you to know. Uh, That person, one of us, picks the best one. They call that the pick of the week, write a review about it on the site. We come here, we talk about that book and uh, other notable books from the week. And before we get started, we're talking about what happens in those books. You might want to call that a spoiler. And in, in that case, uh, if you haven't read your books, then this is this is going to upset you, unless you're not upset by that kind of thing. So, but before we mind, before we get to that, uh, yes. just a reminder: towards the end of the show, we're going to be announcing some more giveaways, and this one's a different kind of giveaway, open to everyone, not just iFanboy members. So stay tuned to the end of the show to hear about that giveaway. So. What? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I hate that I do that, but I love to do it. <laughs> this week, Connor. Uh, yeah. you had a good you had it was a good week. Go for it. Well, it, it was a week that snuck up on me. It was a week where the first four or five books I read, I was like, ah, this is all right. But then I had like three or four or five in a row that were really good. So it really capped the week off. And Siege number three was the pick of the week, and it's funny because it was entirely predictable almost. <laughs> and it didn't matter because it was so much fun. And then, and at the end of the day, when I was reading Siege, I was you know clapping and cheering, and that was the most fun I had reading a book. There was other books this week that were really great and a lot of five star books. But I mean, I've been looking forward to these moments in Siege three for years, and the payoff after years of waiting was worth it. That, that's that's exactly what we said. We we actually I read this in the comic store after I saw you picked it in the as your pick, and some other folks in the store we were talking about it. And I said this single issue makes up for. Everything going back to House of M, like every it's, it's frustration, it's, it's, every frustration, well, every frustration you've had about Bendis and the Avengers, completely wiped clean with one issue. In my ah, opinion, in my opinion, there's there's one bit that I don't believe that that stands for, but we'll get to that. Okay, but I, I think, but on every page, it was this is Avengers glory. This is Avengers, Avengers, Avengers. It was great, and and I think, and you could criticize it to say it felt more like a checklist of moments than it was a, a story. But this, at the same time, these are the moments that needed to happen. Yep, and moments I was looking forward to happening, and moments 
that we've been talking about on the show for a while we've been waiting for. And so they happened. They were great. And by that, at that point, it didn't matter that it was less of an organic story like the second issue was and more of here's the highlights from the battle. And it was venturing nearly into Secret Invasion number 8 territory, which was a battle told in the past tense without any stakes. But this this didn't matter because the stuff that was happening and it was so great. And Olivier Coipel is just I amazing. Think, I Although think this I, issue wasn't as good as issue 2, art-wise. No, I, think, get, I think overall issue two is better. Yeah, issue you know. two gets the edge on art. Well, the art was great. The art was beautiful, but issue two was like an art extravaganza where this which was. One this, you, which one of you picked two? Ron, I did. Ron, okay. Yeah, and not that I was saying because it was my pick. I'm just saying. That, no, I'm yeah. losing track because I know yeah. that Connor picked a different one recently. I like picked a, New Avengers. Right. Last, last, my last pick was New Avengers. Yeah. Wow, you just just screwing all the people who think that they can guess your picks. Oh, there's Connor with a Batman pick again. Yeah. Well. So. So anyway. let's talk about the quick the quick moments that so we can get into the nitty gritty of it. The stuff that I really loved in this issue was the stuff we were expecting, like the the clang of the shield finally off of the face of Norman Osborn, and that clang was such a great sound effect. Yep. Um, Tony Stark gets his armor. We don't see him put it on. But we see him show up in the battle wearing his classic golden red. Yes. Eighties Iron yes. Man armor. Yeah. And I saw that, and that was the moment I wasn't expecting. I, you know, obviously we expected him to show up, but not in that armor. Yep. Give it up for my that. Secret Wars action figure. Yep. Yes. Yep. The, the armor that makes no logical sense because he's got knees and, and elbows made of steel that can't bend. <laughs> um, and uh, they'll find, and then of course, as I'm reading this issue, I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're watching Captain America beat down on Norman Osborn and. And you know, as as he rightfully should be, but the whole time I'm thinking, wow, are they really not going to let Spider-Man confront Norman? I mean, yeah, it doesn't. You know, he wasn't have to, but at the same time, it's his guy. And we said, we said at the beginning of this, the person who's got to take him down is Spidey. And I and and it's and I've been shocked, you know, because because logically speaking, story-wise, it should be Cap. Yeah, because he his return his return heralds the return of the, the heroic age. So story-wise, it should be Cap, but you know, comic-wise, it's got to be Spidey, right? And I'm thinking. No, they're not going to do it. That's amazing. And then, of course, right at the end, uh, Crazy Norman's mask comes off. We find he's even crazier than we thought when he's <laughs> painted his face to look like Green Goblin. And he's ranting and raving about the century, and Spider-Man just clocks him. Oh, will you and shut up? <laughs> it was great. Such <laughs> a cathartic moment. Yeah. I, I, I thought a really nice touch in that was that Norman had, they'd been hinting at it for a long time, but he had painted his face. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, in, like a, in like a Buffalo Bill kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Sort of just a bit crazy. And what was, and great, that was, was nice. that, and what was great was that that whole moment of, of the, the moment that, that cat, you know, that, that the, he gets unmasked as Iron Patriot and that everyone sees that he's paint, that he's crazy and then there's the camera guy saying, tell me you're getting it. He's like, yep. And then the X-Men, told you. The Fantastic Four, told you. And then like, it's just like perfect, like exactly what you'd expect. Like everyone Why? saw coming, but you know. <laughs> Why wasn't Wolverine there? He's in the Nation X, right? Yeah, or, yeah, he's okay. the, he, yeah, he wasn't part of the the rally. In a rare bit of continuity matching up. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's with Cyclops uh, in San Francisco. I had yeah. the same thought. I said, "Wait a minute, he's in the New Avengers. Why isn't he in the battle?" Because yeah. Yeah. they've decided in this one instance to recognize continuity. Yeah, That's thank crazy. God. <laughs> I noticed that when you talk about those cameramen and the things, I've noticed that uh, Bendis has this habit. I just put it together of. In every sort of book like this, or there's all sorts of stuff going on. There's always like one or two soldiers or cameramen or something that Outsiders. get a little cameo thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and talk about cameo. You know, who stole the show was Obama. The the whole opening dialogue, the narration of uh, the president, who they never say is Obama, but it's you know it's, it's the hard, shadowy it's like, black yeah, president, the shadowy black president, and his and his staff. When they're going over, it, they're like, "What's going on?" It's like, "Wait a minute, who? What?" You know, <laughs> like that that whole narration in the beginning, I thought was genius. I thought was great. 
I so. like the narration in this. I, yeah. I could, because some of the things I said in my review, I have not yeah. reading Thor. I'm not reading Iron Man, so I don't know what's and, going on. And, what, what's, and when the story went to those books, I didn't. I needed the context, so I needed. Yeah. I needed that narration, which yeah. was good. Well, what was great was I also read Obama as Obama. Like when they said, you know, when they, they said the Captain America's there, and he's like, "Are we happy about this?" And they said, "Well, I guess that depends on how it turns out." He's like, "And you said Captain America?" I said, "Yes, sir." He goes, "Well, all right." Like I could hear him saying that. Like, <laughs> so did you hear him or did you hear Fred Armisen? I don't watch Saturday Life, so him, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's. Uh, I just, it, it, you're right. It was a series of moments, but they all worked and they all just came together beautifully. You, you had Clint Barton kicking Hawkeye in the face. I mean, you had like everything you want to see in the takedown of this. Yeah. Not just a team, but an era. Yep. This clear. This make for me. It made up since House of M. And so, Josh, what's your one? What's your one gripe for? Well, one I was going to say, actually, we'll probably talk about this more. But I just read House of M. Yeah, Clint still went out like a bitch. Oh, he of course he did. He always went out, and we're still not sure who the Clinton this is. We just kind of glop. We never knew what happened with Scarlet Witch. We never knew what happened. You at don't Wonder know Girl. what's in that closet. Exactly. <laughs> Number twenty-seven. What is in that closet? <laughs> Five years later, we, we still don't know what happened. <laughs> so, that, so that's your gripe of something from another book. Yes. No. No. Like, like, like. Why didn't you just take the backpack off? That's not in this book. That was <laughs> you said it made up for everything since then. Yeah. Actually, you said since House of M. That was disassembled. right. I didn't say disassembled because I love disassembled. I didn't think there was anything wrong. Actually, with Actually, jo- not. This is off topic. But Josh and I both just read House of M recently. I bought it. I read it. I gave it to Josh, and we both loved it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Re- it reads well as a thing. And single issue it just didn't. At the time, it didn't work. It didn't work. I, anyway. I can maybe see that, but like reading it now, I was like, I don't know what your problem is with this. Yeah. Although, let's let's talk about Coipel. Yeah. Really. Uh, he's gotten way better. Yeah. I don't. I think part of it has to. He's gotten better, but I think that it's a it's a case of they've learned somebody's learned how to ink and color him better. Marlis. Also, yeah. Yep. So it's just like it's just a better production overall, so it makes him shine even more. But even so, I mean, there are pages in this that that really were were, were special. Yeah. Um. And, and it's, I, it's really nice. What I like about the crazy Norman uh, face paint is that he painted his hairline as green and then painted the purple of the little the hat and his. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Oh, I love that he painted the teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and the other thing I like is that the Sentry now is a legitimate villain. threat and discussion and, and, and cool point in the story where, hmm. you know, obviously they're going to beat him, but I don't know how. Yeah, and that was, the, know, and that was the only thing, thing. That was the only thing that we could have done. He could never be redeemed as a hero. He's got to come off as a villain. So yeah. good for Bendis. So. I mean, obviously you think they've, they've telegraphed Phobos will be involved, but... He just ripped apart Ares. What's yeah. football's gonna do? So I, you know, I don't know how they're gonna beat him, which is a nice thing to not know when you're going to the final. Part I mean, I mean, the century in this issue was damn scary. Like he looked all yeah. veiny and the, the whole yeah. and the you know, do I have to kill more gods? You know, like and it was just like very stoic. And you know, yeah, how and many, when he did that yeah. dance after he tucked his junk between his legs, <laughs> no, that was Norman. Oh, that was <laughs> I, I, one of the things that's interesting is if you now you go back and you look at all of it, and and everybody's been complaining about the century for such a long time. We have to. It's, yeah, well, no, that's what I mean. But like, if this was the plan all along, yeah, you know, it's like well, it, was, it wasn't the plan. All, it wasn't the plan all along. Right. Maybe, maybe from Bendis at a certain point, but maybe like right around when he did that Century storyline where they brought Paul Jenkins into the book. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, maybe that. Yeah. But this, this I, I just mean Bendis with the Century. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm if I if I make him into the bad guy eventually, but in the meantime, I'm. I'm gonna fuck with people like yeah. in the way that you know comic creators have been known to do. That's that's kind of awesome, yeah. and it makes me feel like well maybe I shouldn't have been complaining. But oh, we can, so that's what we do. No, it was bad. Try. It was years of bad. It's, it's true. So. You think if I give Venice a hundred bucks, he'll keep him in the old Iron Man armor? <laughs> I think he'd ask fraction. 
because I will keep him in the old. I will give a hundred bucks for that. <laughs> the hundred. Will you pull your hundred dollars from the kill the century fund and reroute yes. that to the Iron Man? Let me, let me ask you this: Did he kill the century? Does somebody? Does somebody? Does no. Tom Caters owe somebody two hundred bucks? He's not dead yet. I think Bullseye did actually. Did yeah. you? Did you read Dark Avengers? No. Fucked yes. up. Fucked up. Yeah, it was. You yeah. think that was real? Oh yeah, that was real. That's awesome. Yeah, that was totally real. I mean, just real quickly. I know it's not in the script. I'm sorry, but real quickly, the it's it, it's a flashback before the Asgard siege when they're dealing with uh, the Doom, the Nanites, Nana, Nanites, whatever the, that uh, that Doom put on them, and they evacuate the tower, and Bullseye just quietly takes um, uh, the Sentry's wife and goes, "No, no, I'll, I'll take her." Flies off on a helicopter. It's like, "Oh, we're going to safety. Don't worry." And he fucking fucks with her, and then kills her, and throws her out of the helicopter into the ocean, and then goes back to the Avengers Tower. And Bob the Sentry freaks out, and Bullseye's like, "No, she jumped. She went over the edge. I'm sorry. I, I tried to save her." And there's just one panel where, where Bullseye looks knowingly at Norman, and it's like fucked up. Yeah, fucked yeah. up. Yeah, way fucked up. So um, that was actually the first time I think the big scary Sentry monster came out. Yeah. So yeah. It was good. This is a good time now. This is a big, this is a big old fun action uh, movie. And yeah. if you watch next week our video show, we, we talked to Bendis about this particularly uh, yes. the, stru- the structure of the four issue series and what he was doing with it. And, and he said, and he said, issue three had something bi- even bigger than issue two coming, and it, that's true. So yeah, so good on him. I think it's it's really interesting that that this series, you know, that it's a it was compacted to four issues. It's not over yet, but you know, like you're feeling good about it. We were not feeling good about the ends of Secret Invasion, you know, and and. Uh, it's just it's it's funny. It feels like he l- learned from his lesson a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's good. Cool. All right. Well, the uh, the other book I really loved and I was almost picked the week was American Vampire number one, which was the new book from Vertigo and writer Scott Snyder and artist Raphael Albuquerque and another writer you may have heard of called Stephen King, who is doing his first ever comic script work. In the past, with those Marvel books he's done, there's been plots and overall story guidance, but he hasn't actually been writing the dialogue. And, he just, and everything. He just sent them a copy of his novel. Here. <laughs> here you go. Now I'd like a check, check, please. Yeah. Uh, but here he's actually doing the, all the writing, the actual writing. So this is his first ever comic, which is interesting that it's not a Marvel. Interesting, um, so yeah. It is. But anyway, for me, A, I thought this was really fun. B, I thought Raphael Albuquerque's art was fantastic. And C, I felt like this was a meaty read. Like, you got your money's worth for this, this comic. Absolutely. It was really thick and... And a lot of story and meaty, thick and meaty and juicy. Um, that's the blood talking. This was a story about vampires, and there's two stories. One of them is the in vampires in the in the 1920s, and then the next story is vampires in the old west times. And there's a related character between the two of them, and you don't really know where it's going. But it was really fun to read. Josh, yeah, I, it absolutely was. I actually enjoyed the um, the Scott Snyder half a little more than the than the yes. Stephen King half, which is Not, was neither was neither was bad. But I thought that was really good the first part. The first yeah. Part. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think I noted this on Twitter is that I was looking at some of the pages in the Stephen King part and there was like a ton of words on it. And I was like, rookie mistake. It was, I mean, it was only a couple of pages like that, but I did notice it. It's like first time comic writers did it, put too many words on a page. Um, but the art was a big, big standout. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't care less about vampire stories, really, like on the surface. Like, you're not going to sell it to me by saying, hey, this is a vampire story, but you can sell me a vampire story otherwise. Um, I like how the two stories are. Yeah, yeah, I like how the two stories are connected. I really enjoyed the sort of Hollywood twenties. The the women I like. I liked those two characters. The girl, especially the the Pearl. I think her name is. Um, Mm -hmm. So I hope that they're not killed immediately. But uh, it was well. The flashback would would indicate that um, one of them. The flashback in the beginning, or the flash forward in the beginning, would indicate one of them. Yeah, yeah, one of them. But the other one, I think, becomes a main character. Um, yeah. It was good. It was a really good first issue. Um, and again, Albuquerque just every page is looks faint, looks great, and they're they're yeah, the, colored. The first, 
like it, the whole thing is sort of produced in a way that's sort of appropriate. They didn't put they didn't put coloring on this that wasn't that didn't fit. Um, it's good. Yeah. yeah, the first story takes place in 1920s Hollywood with two two aspiring actresses uh, get pulled into a, a world they're not ready for. It turns out there's vampires in it <laughs> producing films. Of course, it makes sense. And then the, in the in the old west story, there's a um, the was it the railroad guy? The guy who on the railroad was a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, thwarting the the robbery of his train. Which, which, and that's one of the robbers who appears in the 1920 stories and appears to not have aged. So you think he's probably a vampire. He's the, um, well, if you read the, um, if you read that on the ledge thing, the little I didn't, I didn't get a chance. Of, yeah, he explains the entire thing. I was kind of wish I didn't read it, but oh, good. I'll know. I will avoid the, it. But the pitch is in there. Surprising, surprisingly good, and uh, well, not surprisingly good, but surprisingly really good. I really enjoyed this. It was really, you know, a lot of comics these days. You're, you're over and done in five minutes. This was like this was a nice read. Mm-hmm. Now like, it's uh, a mini trade. The uh, the crowds have been I think they've been they've been missing uh, the X Men Forever report uh, report and I know have. we haven't talked about it in a while. Well, because it's kind of it's kind of I mean I, I, I'll be honest with you it's a one note joke. It, okay, <laughs> it really is. I, listen, I appreciate that you can respect and recognize that. Yeah, I can yes, tell. But, but far be it for us to ever not drive that one note joke into true, the ground. True, true. But the oh, thing is, the thing is, even and then drive it back into the ground. Even I have my limits, and by <laughs> by monthly, it's it's pushing those limits. I'm still reading it. I'm still enjoying it. Uh, it's still it's still good. It's still a wonderful little insane universe that I live in. Um, but my latest excitement, and I think I geeked out about it like a month ago or so on the podcast, uh, yes. was the news of X Factor Forever, which 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 probably wisely is only a five-issue miniseries, I think, or something like that, five- or six-issue miniseries. I, I don't believe that can support an ongoing no. Well, no. Okay, fair enough. But here's the thing. You want to talk class? You want to talk classy in comics? I give you Ms. Louise Simon, Simonson. Easy. Yes, okay. Classy. X Factor Forever begins by opening a page up to a two, two columns of text written by Louise that starts off with her saying, they asked me to pick up, X Factor from where I left off at X Factor 64 and I was like no you know and and through by being a classy fantastic writer she summed up what she did in their run so she gave you a great recap of where you were and then she got to the point where she goes you know after I thought about it I realized I still have more stories to tell and while this doesn't change the stories that have been told and those still exist here's what I would have done and the classiest start to an insane little journey like this I've ever seen. I wish, Claire, I wish Claremont had done something like this, some sort of primer. You know? And so not only does it, if you've never read X-Factor, if you've never read Louise Simonson's run or whatever, you can pick this up and she tells you who all the characters are, what their current state is, and what's wrong with them and what's going on with it. And, and why she changed some of the names just for no reason. She didn't change any names for no reason. It's <laughs> she's all, not crazy. She's not crazy, no. <laughs> and then on top of it, you give me Dan Panosian an art, which like like no art I've ever seen before. And this first <laughs> issue was... Awesome! It was great. I almost re- picked this up because I, I was a fan of the old X Factor. Yeah, you should have. You should have. Yeah. I, I might go back and get it because I'm yeah. hearing lots of good stuff about. So it. I mean, so it picks up after X, X Factor sixty four. Cable didn't go. They didn't put the baby into into the future. It never got infected with the techno organic virus. Scott and Jean are trying to figure out their relationship. Scott wants to get married. Jean doesn't because she's afraid. What if she goes Phoenix again? That sort of thing. Um, they're dealing with the baby. Archangel's uh, kind of dating uh, the cop Charlotte Jones, and she's got a kid Timmy. And Beast is dating Trish Chilby, and Iceman's dating Opal. A lot of dating in Louise Simonson books. I didn't realize that. Um, Apocalypse is the villain, and Caliban's in it, and like it's it's right back lockstep with where we where we left off in 1991, and it's perfect perfection. It was great. 
So uh, really it's, cool. it scratched my Pearl itch. Jam's 10 is on the charts. <laughs> it scratched my itch in ways like they brought back Cameron Hodge and Genosha in a, in, a, in a reasonable way. And it's tying into the Celestials, which is how, which is where the ship came from. It, it, it just, it's working on every level. And even, you know, even though Pinojian gave them new costumes that are slightly inspired by uh, Frank Whiteley's costumes, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 it reads in a way that is modern. Um, that that is a you know like it's not a dated story like maybe X Men Forever is. Um, it's just great, and there's a little backup there where she tells she starts telling the origin of Apocalypse, which is kind of cool. Um, it was just great. It was so much fun. This was I mean Siege was great, but this probably was my pick of the week just because those were those were good comics back then. Yeah. And the thing was this wasn't crazy. It was, this was this was as sane as comics come. This is a sane comic, and it was great. So. Uh, you, now, now you remember that we talked about the Battlefield series. There's been several of them now, but the the Tankies was the one that, on the surface, I wanted to like it, but there was something that was hard about it or didn't quite work. And and Connor, you, you you're with yeah. me on this, right? Yeah, definitely. That was the least good, and that wasn't now, bad. It was just least good. This week we had Battlefield's Firefly number one startup, which would seem like it was a new one, but we're actually going back to the the characters from Tankies. And Actually, I Battlefield's thought, the Firefly and His Majesty. Oh, well. I don't well, know. Then. Okay. Um, I don't know things. Uh, anyway, right. short hands, it short felt hands. like this was um, this was w- w- a much better version of the Tanky story. Oh, way better. I mean, it was, it was the same. It was the Carlos Escara art, um, who's fantastic and, and legendary, and we all know this. Um, well, maybe we don't all, but I'm telling you. Uh, and it was just like, it was just much more clear. There was, there was stuff going on. It was just much more interesting. And there was there's like a clear villain, and it's this super tank that the Germans have, and uh, I'm I'm on board again. The obviously, Roy, the Royal, right? The, uh, yeah, the Royal Tiger. Yeah. Um, no, this was really good. It was a lot more focused. You, you had I don't know what the missing element was, but this one had all the same elements, just done in a better way. Mm-hmm. And I I think I think you're right. I think the 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 fact that we have a clear villain, we have a clear protagonist, and we have a clear story, whereas before it was sort of it was all, all over the place. But in this issue, it's the same. Uh, English tank team from the first mm-hmm. series with an, one new member, and uh, who, who was replacing oh. a guy, who's replacing a guy that died very horribly, and um, <laughs> and I, it was just really good. It was it was it was cringe-inducing as we just made those noises, and it was also really funny. Like when they find the destroyed royal tank and they decide to take target practice to see how far away they have to be to puncture the hull. <laughs> it's got a super hull, and they're just getting they're shooting, getting closer, shooting, and getting closer. We see. Uh, and the panels are getting closer and closer, and then they finally puncture the hull, and we pull back and range twenty five yards. Like you see the tank right next to it. Like they couldn't yep. puncture it until they got right right up in its face. It was really funny that that scene. Just this was back on track. This was really great. If yep. you read Tankies the first time and you didn't really like it as much as the others, you should pick up uh, Firefly and His Majesty because that was really that was good and, stuff. And that's the thing. Like I started off and I was like, oh, it's Tankies again, which which wasn't bad, but it just wasn't as good as the other stuff. But within like three pages, I was like, all right, this is how we do it. You know, corrected mm-hmm. course. It was fantastic. Yep, yep. Uh, on that same note, if we're talking about fantastic, let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man number six twenty-five. We've got Joe Kelly back and Max Kimura on pencils again. <laughs> Not doing the other book. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't. You know, he, they don't sell. Yeah. Anyway, um, all I gotta say is that n- in no world would I have ever predicted that my heart would go out to the Rhino. Oh my God! Holy crap, Joe <laughs> Kelly! Joe go Kelly, out, go out and get stomped on. Joe too, Kelly, whatever you are tapping into on this emotional plane, whatever you've been through, whatever it's working because, oh my God! So this is last 
few pages in that. I mean, oh, brutal, brutal. I, I, there may have been a tear. I'm not, con- I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, but there, it was close. Oh, I was here. So th- this picks up the. You might, a couple of months ago, there was the or weeks. I don't remember. It's a blur. Um, there, there was the the one shot, the rhino story, where the new rhino tries to, um, you know, earn the mantle of the rhino from the old rhino who has now gone straight. He's fallen in love. He's you know straight and narrow. And that was a a, a killer story. Like that yes. ripped my heart out. This one was the logical conclusion to it. The one that we probably saw coming a, m- a million miles away, but I didn't see it. Um, where this rhino returns and orchestrates the death of Rhino's girlfriend and makes him say, okay, fine, you want to fight? Let's fight, because I got nothing left to live for. And it's, oh. And destroys him. Oh, my God. And then the other side of it is that he then blames Spider-Man for everything that happened. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's just like, oh, on top of everything else, Peter Parker still loses. Yeah, exactly. Can we get get to talk about the art? I mean, there's a couple of big old Rhino shots in here that are just gorgeous. There's the one shot where... The original Rhino is finally back in his suit. We see him for the first time charging, like, right at us. Yeah. And it was just breathtaking, that page. And then the yeah. next page, you see the two Rhinos coming at each other, Spider-Man in the middle, you know, the symbolic page. And it was just gorgeous work from this in this issue. You know, and, and yeah. uh, they're making a whole a lot big to-do about Peter getting, you know, fired and on unemployment. Like, that I don't really feel is as big as they're driving. You know, like as big as what they're doing with it. Uh, but I feel like he's always been unemployed. Yeah, exactly. It's like when, like like Ben York's not going to hire him, really. Like, of course he is. You know, but um, but yeah, but the the, the Rhino stuff was just brutal. It was just brutal. Oh it's man, a really God successful issue. Yeah. Really fantastic issue. And and Connor, I think you made a mistake by not picking up Four Eyes and waiting for the trade because I don't think you're ever going to see that. The last <laughs> the last page of the of the Rhino fight when Spidey and the girl from the 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 whatever the not bugle um, were talking and like that the the, the, uh, the the whatever her name is the you know the, are you all right yeah you no I'm not cool at all not at all and like that whole he never stood a chance you know which one either both any of us like it just oh jo- joe kelly is god now he's Nora, great that's her name yeah Nora, th- basically yeah. when you when you when you know you're there's nothing there's no going back from what you've seen that's yeah. just the react they are so she had a breakdown basically yeah totally captured it it was great it was great and like the scenes early on were like you know where when they were going rhino and his girlfriend are going to witness protection program he was still doing the right thing they were in love she made him a better man oh it's like and i saw it coming i'm turning the page i was like don't do it don't do it and then he did it and now i'm sad don't you do it (laughs) don't you do it don't you do it oh man so good i I love spider i seriously i'm so high on spider-man you have no idea like anybody who says that this is not a great age of Spider-Man is smoking crack and doesn't like comic books and like doesn't like fun because these are just amazing. So I smoke crack and don't like fun. I know. <laughs> hey, uh, I want on that note. I want to thank InStock Trades for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. Make sure you get over to InStockTrades.com for up to thirty-seven percent off trade paperbacks, hardcovers, Omnibuy, and all those things uh, that you want. Free shipping for any orders over fifty dollars with over nine thousand trade paperbacks in stock and available for order right now. New releases are listed every single Wednesday, and orders usually ship within 48 hours. Get to www.instocktrades.com. But wait, Ron, there's more. There is more. Uh, you can get uh, our Book of the Month aphrodisiac at Instock Trades. It's sold out of Amazon, but it's still there for $11.21, $11.21. And in addition to getting aphrodisiac from Instock Trades, you could then go to the Summit City Comic Con and get it signed by Jim Rugg, the artist. How about that? Uh, the good fo- fine folks at InStock Trades are putting on the Summit City Comic Con this May 22nd. If you are in anywhere near Fort Wayne, Indiana, 
and by that, Midwest, anywhere near, is within a six-hour drive. You're going to get in that car. You're going to drive to the Grand Wayne Center on May 22nd, and you're going to go to Fort Wayne for the first Summit City Comic Con. They've got a ton of great creators that are going to be on this show. It's going to be a one-day, very personal show. Some of my favorite creators are going to be there. Our good friend Mike Norton, who did uh, the Battle Pug t-shirt, and, and as well as Wonderful Things at DC. Um, the aforementioned Jim Rugg from Aphrodisiac fame. Um, Chris Burnham. Uh, Tom Scioli, both two longtime Joe Casey collaborators. Matt Kent from Three Story is going to be there. Um, tons of tons of tons of tons of great um, uh, Tim Seeley from Hack Slash and recently announced at Image Comics. Um, so you know it, it's a one day show. The in stock trades folks are awesome. You know there's going to be a ton of great deals, a ton of great dealers. They're going to have some programming and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you make it out for the Summit City Comic Con May 22nd. You find out more at summitcitycomiccon.com. That's summitcitycomiccon.com, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. So now I feel like uh, a little bit like. Uh, not that Nova was losing steam, but I just wasn't caring a little bit. Well, it was, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it's like kind of like it hit that um, that icy patch in the road, and it was kind of fishtailing. Yeah. But then, but then they got through the the dark ice, and now it's it's awesome. It really, like the whole <laughs> time I was over. reading it, the whole time I was reading, it, I was like, oh, this is fun, whatever. And then you get to the, it's good stuff. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was the loophole to keep you from black having Black Bolt die. Yep. So yep. yeah, but um, basically this was the conclusion of the big um pocket universe by uh by Sphinx. Um, is that Sphinx? Is that his name? The yeah, villain? I yes, so. I think it's his name. Um, I can never remember that guy's name. But anyway, um, the pocket universe kind of face off between heroes and villains, and you know, Nova and Darkhawk and Black Black Bolt and uh, don't, don't forget Bloodstone. Yeah, Bloodstone, Mister Fantastic, <laughs> Namorita, Namorita, whatever her name is. Um, it all comes to a resolution, and everybody comes out okay and and resolved, and we get Namorita back in back to life. Uh, with uh, with Nova, which is awesome, and um, it ends on a good note. It ends on a nice little spot, and then um, next issue, Return to Earth, which looks awesome. So Nova, I love it, Nova. Love How it. many more are there? Uh, I don't know when it goes. It's technically going on hiatus for the Return of Thanos, and then it's going to come back. I don't know. Maybe one. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe through the summer. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly. Or, I'm not thinking about that. So. Meh. The third 80-page giant that DC's done in the last year, they did a Batman one and a JSA one, was Superman 80-page giant. And this was really good. Um, this had a lot of really good st- short stories in it. One of them was by Ben McCool, who writes Choker. Um, and there's a, really, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here, but the most important one, which I didn't realize until I was halfway through, was the story where Lois is really sick and so Perry makes Clark take her home lest she infects the whole o- office and he tries to you know, help people while also keeping her you know, healthy. But in their bedroom, they've got two single beds. Like what? a 1950s sitcom family. Like I Love Lucy? Yes. Who drew it? Who drew it? Who wrote uh, it? It's, the, this story was the creative team from Marvel Divas. Catherine Eminen and Tonsik Zolinjik. I apologize. Um, but they, like halfway through, I realized, what is she doing on a single bed? Are they in a hotel? And then, I, then they pulled back, and he's sitting on his own single bed. And I thought, how bizarre. Was it a period piece? No. Bizarre, right? And that's just weird. That is weird. Well, um, isn't, isn't if anywhere it's going to be weird, it's going to be the uh, the eighty page giants. I guess it's just yeah. it's just strange. Like, yeah. really? Uh, and then, you know, that's just, we're, we're not in the fifties anymore. We have to pretend that's like married room. people don't don't sleep, don't sleep together anymore. No, they have a sick room. So when one of them's sick, they get they still sleep in the same room but separate beds. You know, that's, that's a fantastic awesome. idea. <laughs> 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 just, say, just saying. I mean, it, it makes sense. <laughs> There's a lot of great stories. One of them was these these crooks who were in a car complaining about why they had to come to Metropolis to rob a bank, and then they're 
because Superman's there and they, they're telling stories about all the other cities and why it's bad to have commit crimes in Star City because Green Arrow will humili- humiliate you for his own amusement and and Flash, you won't even see him coming. All of a sudden, you're just in jail, and then Batman is scary, and then you pull back, and they're they're in the car that's being flown to jail by Superman. So there's a lot of like little, little little cool stories. Another guy who gets saved mo- repeatedly by Superman thinks he's immortal because Superman will always be there to save him. So he's uh, he becomes reckless, and finally Superman saves him again, and he says, "Have I have we met? Do I know?" Like he thinks he thinks it's some sort of special relationship with him, and they have a sit down chat in the roof. It was a very nice, very nice issue. Um, in addition to that, was also a surprise contender for Pick of the Week, which was the Brave and the Bold 32. Which was a team up of Aquaman and Etrigan the Demon, which you wouldn't wow. think wow. go together. Yeah. But this was a really cool story from J. Michael Straczynski with art by Jesus Says, where the story in this is that once a year, uh, hordes of demons try to inf- invade the earth through the water, like uh, like a water birth kind of thing. And so once a year, Aquaman and the Demon team up, and no one knows about it. And once a year, they save the, w- the world, and no one knows about it. And that was like a re- it was a really cool. Story. There's this hordes of demons invading, and Aquaman calls in all the fish around him, and the the narrator says, "You don't realize how much how much life there is in one square mile of the ocean." And he calls on all the life from miles and miles around. And there's this great one page spread which we showed in our new best panel of the week feature on ifanboy.com of Aquaman, sta- you know, floating with his arms out, and there's just thousands of fish coming at you from behind him. A lot of fish in the and sea. I, just, I got it. I gotta say, from a marketing standpoint, I don't know if an Etrigan Aquaman team up is going to be the biggest seller. Yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, think Straczynski's the draw for, for the yeah, sport. Yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> Too many jokes. Uh, <laughs> this is perfect for him. It's only one yeah. done story, so yeah, he can't no, ever yeah. not finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, uh, Nation X number four, the last issue of the little mini uh, anthology series based on putting the X Men on the island outside of San Francisco, came out. And th- these anthologies, I've been enjoying them, but they they have been hit or miss. And this is a great example of bookended by two great stories with two crap with two crap stories in the middle. Um, we actually got Mike Allred and Pete Milligan reunited. Uh, on an wow. X, yeah, an X Men story it looked beautiful. Mike Allred's art looked great, um, and a wacky, wacky, ecstaticy themed kind of story with dupe. And um, it, it was it was good. It was a lot of fun to read, though. Um, but then you know, in the middle, you had a Roberto Aguirre Sacasa Harvey Tolibau story about the cuckoos, which sucked. Um, and then you had a Ivan Brandon written and some artist who should not be in the comics, uh, Rhea Lyra uh, drawn story that would sucked. But then a thing of beauty, you had uh, Joe Carmagna, who's a letterer writing the script um, with uh, a Storm Namor story with art by Nico Henrichon. Mm. Wow! Yeah, right. Did he did he put anything in there about about the tea parties or? No, he did not. He, he left oh, okay. that part out. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, that guy's got such an agenda. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to Fox News for you, Joe, Joe Carmania. No, we're for kidding, Reese. Joe. If you're listening, Joe, we're kidding. Um, but um, yeah, no. But Nico, Nico, it remind like I haven't seen Nico Henderson's wow. art since since uh, Pride of Baghdad, and it was just beautiful. Right. It was awesome. That so. guy's probably out there doing real work for real money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. advertising. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so talk about brutal though. I got to give the brutal moment of uh, of the week goes to Green Lantern Corps number forty six. With uh, possibly, I don't know how Pete Tomasi could have written this, or if it was whose ever decision it was to do it without laughing. But um, this was the the uh, Blackest Night tie-in where Guy Gardner and Kyle have their loves of you know loves of their lives come back as Black Lanterns. Um, for Guy, it's in the form of ice, which is you know painful enough. But for Kyle, it's the form of the girlfriend who got stuffed in the refrigerator, and she yeah. re- she returns in a black refrigerator with a Black Lantern magnet on the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it was uh I, I was like, wow, they're going there. No, he said not only did they go there, but they went there. Yeah, and, and Simone got, was rip-snorting mad. He got stuff in the refrigerator. He did, yeah. And she was all mangled and stuff. And, and the, the, what got me was the Black Lantern magnet on the refrigerator. <laughs> was there like a menu under it? Like, why did, she come, why did she come back in a refrigerator? Like, <laughs> Talk about crazy. That's X-Men Forever level crazy, people. <laughs> Oh, you God. saw Jeff Johns and Pete Tomasi in Seattle. Yeah, they're, they're having fun. They're definitely having fun. Do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Not only like that, but you had a Star Trek plot point. Yes, you did, which I, which was awesome because I love that episode. and I've, I, You've heard me bring up that episode before in the yes, past. Yeah. yeah, so I love that. The Tholian Web, excellent. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, was a great, it was a great issue. It was a great. It was really good. So I liked it. It was good. So that is all for us talking about the books, but we'd like to f- uh, feature user reviews on the website. So you can go to uh, ifm.com slash comics, pick your books, and you can write a review on anything. And so we got a couple for you right now. The first one up is Hackader. Hackader? I don't know. Uh, he talked about Green, Land, uh, Green Hornet year one, number one, giving the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And nobody picked this as the pick of the week. And he says, what we have here is a welcome contrast to Kevin Smith's Green Hornet book from last week, where Smith's Hornet spouts hackneyed dialogue and silly cliches in an effort to be all modern and relevant and fails about as hard as it can. Matt Wagner has written a script that goes back to something classic, embracing the Green Hornet's earliest form while still blazing a new origin. Smith's reverence for the character harms his book. Wagner's lack of fear in innovating and making something new out of something new propels this book to be something far superior. I have a really hard time saying Green Hornet, it appears. These Mouse days, you say Green, say it goes right to Lantern, yeah. yeah it does. It's motor memory, yeah. Muscle memory. Yeah, I've Gosh. heard a lot of good things about this book. I didn't read it, so I don't... That's how bad I thought the last one was. Ugh. I don't yeah. care about Green Hornet. Hornet. Well, that's, that's the other Hornet. thing. Like, I Hornet. I can't say it either, apparently. So <laughs> I remember the stories about old Green Hornet. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want Green Hornets. That's when you're... Things have gone badly. Our, ne- our next review comes from Akamu, who reviewed Irredeemable number 12. Uh, story gave a 4 out of 5, and the art a 5 out of 5, and 0.2% of you made it your pick of the week this week. Um, and Akamu says, I'm really enjoying how Wade has been transitioning the series from how one superhero lost his way to become evil to how all the people fighting against them are now openly evil against the now openly evil hero, just as flawed and awful as he is, and they're really no good guys. It's not a complete, completely novel concept, but the way it's unfolding in this series makes it an exceptional, exceptional, exceptionally satisfying story to read. Is it over the top in places, oh yeah, but in a fun way, not in a cringeworthy one. And that's a that's a fantastic observation that you would think that the one note joke of Superman gone bad wouldn't last twelve issues. And Wade keeps layering in. It's less about the main character and more about the cast of characters now. Yeah. I, I gotta yeah. say, the first half of this, I cared a little less about. I've I've lost the thread about what's going on with these people a little bit. Oh, I don't I'm totally quite know who it. they are. Yeah. But when they cut back to the Plutonian in the house with his adoptive parents, like I thought that was one of the best scenes in the series so far. Well, I love yes. that for the moment with the with the crazy Betty Noir uh, stuff in the in his secret hideout to it unfolding about her sleeping with him and cheating on her husband and all that. Like that that has had me like that's been I thought great. So yeah. yeah. The 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 incinerating the family and then putting their notebooks back on their skeletons yes. leaving, and then leaving the the kid in that wheelchair away from food. Yeah, sad Cheerio. Fucked up. Fucked up. Mark Wade's got a Mark dark Wade, side. You are yep. fucked up. Yep, indeed. And I applaud you. <laughs> you so. win the Mark Miller Award for 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go to ifanboy.com/comics and do your pull list, and then come back and write and write a review and get it on the show, maybe. So ifanboy.com/comics. We have some emails. Actually, we've got one email because it's a long one. Jesus so Christ. Multiple emails. We're going to do one. One email. We're doing shifts? Nah, that's all right. Off. I'll, 
I will blaze through this. Oh my god. Michael Moore. Oh, sorry, Michael. Michael M. says, To start off, I wanted to share my thoughts with someone who might reconsider them. I'm hoping you might oblige me. I've been a fan of comics for 40 years. I've been collecting since 1972. In all those years, I have seen many ups and downs, as you might imagine. In the mid-90s, I walked away completely only to be pulled back in by Kevin Smith's Daredevil. I'm a person who also loves a superhero comic in the traditional sense, as good as things like Scalped, Chew, Walking Dead, and many other titles may be, I stick with my old favorites. I find I am in the minority, a dinosaur even. I love things like Hickman's FF, Brubaker's Cap, and JMS's Brave and the Bold. The titles that borrow off of past runs, respectfully, with purpose, usually works for me. But things like Fractions, X-Men, Flash Rebirth, and Superman for the last, I can't even remember how long, that retread a classic in a contrived formulaic way leave me cold. I don't want to even start on Cry for Justice. <laughs> During the era, all the classic stories were pinned you had a group of guys in a bullpen simply doing a job under editors like Jim Shooter or Shudder. These guys were working hard and delivered. Now it seems like editors are bromancing most of the flavors of the month who work on their t- own timelines. Ouch. And great comics are almost accidental. Ouch. It seems the icons all share one voice, can appear in any way the flurry of artists do them, and books are rudderless. They drift, cross paths, never get anywhere, save the few moments of brilliance. Looking at news from Emerald City Comic Con and May solicitations, I am just kind of sad there's no end in sight. This leaves, me with, this, this leaves me with the question, is it just me? Have the children of the spinner rack stayed too long? Is it now just a game for diamond babies who grew up on the post-punk mentalities of Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, and so many others? Despite the claims of heroic and brightest, is, this the, day of, is the day of the superhero over? Green Arrow seems pretty deconstructed. Batman may be his own, in his own family tree. Will the themes for the 24-7 news and the Dr. Phil's all, will always be running into my books? Bruce Banner could only do his cousin because she was the only one who could take the pounding. <laughs> Honestly, comparatively, spider clones and super mullets don't seem so bad. Oh. I know this is rambling, but I had to vent. Is it just me? Because little of the hundreds of titles solicited monthly are delivering here. Oh, and finally, what does it take for a guy to get a review on iFanboy? Just write it. A good one. And, yeah. Well, let's, let's answer the easy one first. You get a review on the show by writing a good one, writing about a book we want to talk about, but not in our main segment, so you have no way of knowing. That's just the luck of the draw. And um, just luck. It's, yeah. So we need to fill the fill the time. So it's got to be a book that we're not talking about already, and something that maybe none of us read. Like those are all the factors here, that go into it. So here's yeah. a here's a tip. Uh, if you're doing it, have a position. Yeah. You come if you, your review is like, well, I kind of like this, and this part was all right. Like Akamu, have a have a good have a good insight into it. Something so, interesting yeah. to say, and, and yeah. also don't just recap the book. That's not a review. That's just a recap. Yeah. So anyway, right. so g- great email. Wow. Yeah. I started off kind of. I, I I've got I've got a lot of thoughts. I don't know. May I begin? Um, we should say that we we we, well, we haven't been collecting for forty years. We've all been we started in the spinner rack era. I'm twenty. I'm twenty. I'm twenty plus now. I'm, Technically thirty eight years. Yeah. I'm almost. Uh, Almost thirty years of reading comics. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 like, a, I'm like 89, 88, 89. So yeah, so twenty plus someday. Yeah. I'm like twelve plus. Uh, you're a baby. Two. You're a baby. Well, we like started. Four, we started with total. buying comics off of spinner racks, you know, spinner racks, and S- newsstands, and co- and spinner uh, spinner rack in the drugstore on Main Street. It doesn't yeah, get more so we, American pie than that. Literally the exact it. same thing for me too, Ron. Yeah. Different Main Street, different yeah. drugstore. Exactly. We both lived in Watertown, so didn't we? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. River so, for me. Oh, well, well, All right. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, hell of a way to earn a living. Um, <laughs> so, um, sea urchins. Uh, <laughs> your voice changes when you do that. Hell of a way. It's a little bit of – it's a little Catherine Hepburn. It's a little old-time radio guy. I have a little bit of a cold, so it's all, it's all that mixed in. Sea urchins. Hell of a way to earn a living. 
All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, we are. I, I believe we are children. I believe we are children of the spinner rack age that matured in the diamond age. I think that's a very good. I think that that's a great. I think you've had some great observations. Um, the idea of some modern creators kind of retreading classic contrived formulaic ways is true. I think the bromancing thing was is something that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Um, I think that's true. Um, uh, the thing is, is that the the areas I agree with you. Or that um, – well, the areas that I disagree with you is that I don't think superheroes are gone or the days of superheroes – the day of superheroes is over. The day of the superhero has evolved to the times to reflect the time. And, so, and the audience. And the Most audience, exactly. Audience. Yeah, like the, th- the thing is the audience you know, in 1972 was much different than it is now. Um, so that's one aspect is the culture and the, the kind of state we're in. But then the other aspect is the business itself. And, and don't get me wrong, um, Michael Moore. I agree with you that I long for the days of the 10-year run of an of a artist and writer. And like those are just over. Like we're luck, we're lucky. Like right now, in the Power Girl news that Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray are leaving it after like, oh, we committed to a year, we do twelve issues. Like that's the best run I think we can expect th- these days. Unless your friend is Jeff Johns. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or Darwin. But, but they don't have the same artists all the way through either. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, but at least you're on one guy writing the book for ten years. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you go back, look at the golden age. The, not the I don't mean the golden age, but you look at the, the you know the 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 wonderful time of the '60s and '70s, where you had you know Stan on Fantastic Four forever, and you had you know Chris Claremont on X Men forever, and you had these epic Avengers runs, and these ep- you know like you and and all the way up the line, and then it stopped right around the '90s, right around the Diamond Age, where when the art became more detailed, more intricate, and artists couldn't keep up with the monthly schedule, and it's that's how we got to where we are now, and that's just something we have to accept, I think. Well, it's I, I mean, I would just—they're different. Yeah, I, I would mean, just add that you know, you know, this too shall pass. Yeah, you're in an age, and things are done a certain way right now. They're not on all comics are the same. There's you know, there's good things that are there. It'll change. You know, it'll adjust. You may not like the next one, but not, it's not going to stay the same. Now that said, that, that I wouldn't give up on comics completely. I think that there are there are echoes and moments. There are people doing good stuff. I mean, I mean, it might be a little bloody for you or whatever. But what Kirkman does in Invincible is very is modern superhero. I think true to the vision of those spinner rack. You know, he's a spinner rack kid. Although he's technically he's more a diamond diamond kid. But yeah. um, but you know, Jay Ferber on Dynamo Five. It's coming back in June. That is a classic. Marvel team book, you know, team, you know, team style book. Um, like, it, it, there are places where it still occurs. You know, um, I don't think, I don't think it's a write off of the entire industry, but um, it's just, it's just the sign of the times. You know, it maybe if if you were a fan of the comics from that era, where they're not, they're not, those aren't coming back. I don't think they will come back. They're, no. just, they're just the audience is, was was younger back then, and now it's written for adults. Yeah, and adults expect a different kind of story. They expect gray area. They expect flawed heroes they expect that's what they expect that's what the audience expects yeah. and that, that's what they want and that's what they're going to get uh, you, you, you'll, get, you'll get books that feel throwbacky but even that those books will still have those, those kind of dilemmas and that's just, that's just well, but, uh, look we, we were just raving about Spider-Man I think Spider-Man is, is Marvel's best example of their classic character done in modern times with classic values but with modern taste mm-hmm. you know I, you won't I, even drink <laughs> I was drunk on water. <laughs> oh, Jesus, really? You know, I think I think, uh, I think it can be. I think it can be done. It can be done in a way that is true. You know, and, and say what you will about Flash Rebirth, but I think when once Jeff gets go, when Jeff gets running on the Flash, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. So I don't know. It's but tough. It, it's possible that the, the the market has changed beyond Michael's tastes. Yeah, it's possible. That's possible. Same thing happens with film, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Different eras television, then, television. Do you really like All in the Family? You know, yes. you, you don't have that on TV anymore. You know, 
music changes. Everything changes right, as yeah. you get older. Yeah, it all sucks. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but not, nothing, have, nothing, uh, nothing's worse than spider super mullets and spider clones. Yeah, no, uh, that is the that is the that is the be all end all of the worst that that are in, that this industry has created. So. There's so, nothing uh, going on right now worse than super mullet. No. Or no, there's nothing going on right now that's worse than Cap or Daredevil armor. <laughs> Daredevil armor, but the thing is, is that Cap and Daredevil armor gets thrown out. But that was that was a blip in the radar of the timeline. It and was the, indicative. No, no, no yes, it was indicative, but it was it was a blip. They didn't last. Where the Spider Clone went on for years, like they didn't yeah, know how I, to I wasn't end around it. For that. Yeah, yeah, you you were there in the dark you times. No, before you there. before the Empire. <laughs> yeah, but even worse was the Cap armor led to them just jettisoning him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's even that, worse than the Spider. You know that armor story sucked. Oh, it's just not used. Character anymore. Uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> wait a minute. 1997 was not a good time. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> All right. So if you have any questions or manifestos for us, you can write to contact at iFanboy. Um, that's all. You all know right. how email works. Our <laughs> first voicemail comes from one of our favorites with uh, defending a much maligned title. Hey, this is Daryl. How the hell can you put down the rise and fall one shot that just came out? J.T. Krul wrote a good fucking story. I like how it's going. Yes, there was too many artists on the book. That was a problem with the art. But the storyline, the the dialogue, all that stuff, I'm, I want to see where it's going to go. I enjoyed it. I enjoy what they're doing with Oliver Queen and what's happening. I'm going to talk about some damn Spider-Man is all that. But you shit all over. Um... Green Arrow. I'm disgusted. Oh, it's been too long, my friend Daryl, since you've called in. Thank you for calling in. And classic. And did you did you have you been listening to us record now? How did you know we were <laughs> raving about Spider Man? That's creeping me out. Um, <laughs> of course, you like Justice, the Rise and Fall of Justice League. Of course, you did. <laughs> I. Um, it's funny because I, I I've been thinking about it because Green Arrow 31 came out this week, which is the se- next part of that story, and I really liked that issue. So I think my problem with the the special was more in presentation and structure than yeah. it was. I think the art really got character. the art really got in the way, and 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 yeah. maybe even maybe if a different artist delivered those lines that I had a problem with at the end, you know, like before he kills again, you know, like it might I, also, be- I also I also think the, the way the story was structured by JT Crow, there was a lot of weird yeah. uh, presentation and jumped around. But I like I like the story, and I like where it's going. I like the fact that Green Arrow's been pushed to the edge and. His family is taking sides, and he's got Mia on his side, but but Connor has rejected him, and Black Canary. But that was in Green him. Arrow, though. That wasn't in this injustice. Right. League, so I'm, I'm saying the overall story that's mm-hmm. happening, the fall of Green Arrow. Except I the same thing that happened in Justice League: Fall, uh, Rise and Fall, happened in Green. Just the last issue of Green Arrow, like the same Hal Barry Dinah confrontation. And it was done better. Yeah, it was. Issue. Yeah. I so. like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, although Green Arrow and Black Canary don't act like they're married. True. Oh, Daryl, you need to call more often. You make our lives. Every time I, I wonder where he's gone. That's, he, he comes back. Oh, Daryl, you're the best. You're my favorite. Um, but listen, so we were talking about a giveaway earlier. Um, you, we want everyone to call the voicemail line. You, if you got a question or a statement or you want to rant like Daryl, you can call 188-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. And our next giveaway is going to be for a lucky voicemail caller. So you don't need to be an iFanboy member. You don't need to be a registered user on iFanboy.com. You don't need, you, all you just need is a phone. All right, and an email address. Uh, so, so what we want you to do is call, call this, this upcoming week. 
188 fanvoice that's 188-326-2697 leave a voicemail tell us your name your where you're from your question try to keep it to about 30 seconds and at the end of your question give us your email address we'll we're going to edit that out of the show so we won't share that with the, with with all the world that downloads the show um and we will pick the best voicemail next week and that person is going to get an awesome giveaway of a bunch of trades I mean, you gotta you gotta ask a question. You gotta you can't just call and be like, yeah. I want a bunch of trades. It's yeah. not that. No, you gotta ask a good, thoughtful question that can get us to talk for at least three to four minutes. You can't be like those people <laughs> at the panel in, in Seattle. Yes, Ooh. yes. We we gave we were giving T-shirts away to people. Everybody who asked a question at our panel in Seattle, and people came up asking asked nine questions just to get a T-shirt. You can't be doing that. Yeah, don't be doing that. One guy, one guy asked, "Can I get a T-shirt?" That's it. That was his question. Yeah, he found a loophole. Yes. No loopholes this time. So no loopholes. So you got to ask a question about comics, make it thoughtful, make it a, a conversation starter, um, and we will determine the best, um, the best one, and that person will win a uh, win a prize pack of, of some trades, which is pretty awesome. So, um, so yeah. So don't forget, leave your name, tell us your name, where you're from, ask your question, keep it about thirty seconds. At the end of your question, give us your email address if you want to win. So. So yay, voicemail contest. So the number for that is eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Aye. Did we say that? We did. I did it at the top of it. But it's okay. It's good to remind them. 188 fanboys. Yeah. 3262697. I backsold it. You backsold it. All right. So, uh, so that's our show for this week. Um, we just want to remind you that uh, ifanboy.com is uh, our website that we uh, do. We work very, very hard, and hopefully you've all noticed the hard work we've put into it. Recently, we have been stepping up the content. Josh and Connor and Paul and myself and everybody and Mike and Jim have been working their butts off to give you even more stuff to read on ifanboy.com. Um, so we really hope you head over to the website. Read the articles, listen to the podcast, watch the shows, enjoy it. So you can help us out in a couple of different ways. You can click on the banners on the websites. Those are our sponsors. They, um, you know, patronize them. Go to Amazon, buy things. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon where you can buy books for Amazon. That helps us out. Click on the banners. Um, go to the cons that have sponsored us. Let them know that iFanboy sent you. When you go to a convention this year, if you see a publisher or a retailer or a creator, tell them iFanboy sent you, that sort of thing. Um, help spread the word. That helps us out. If you want to help us directly, you can buy a shirt at ifanboy.com slash store. We've got a, a small number of Battle Pug shirts left. Um, the Fear Agent shirts are, have gone to print, so if you've ordered one, it's coming soon. If you haven't ordered one, get them quick because it's going to be a limited print run. Um, or if you want to be the supreme awesome w- way to help us out, you can be an iFanboy member. For $4 a month or $42 a year, it gets you a prize pack as well as some stickers and a free comic for our collection. Um, or for $10 a month, $100 a year, you get all that great stuff as well as a iFanboy member's t-shirt. And iFanboy members are eligible for the great giveaways. We've got a ton of awesome stuff planned up for the summer as we get on to con season. So you definitely want to become a member so you can be in the running to win some cool shit. So yeah. iFanboy.com. We thank you for your support. The members are, are still making it happen. Yes. I, again, I, we can't stress that enough. You yes. Guys are still- and you're all helping our, our partners at Graphically. You're, it's, it's all one big happy family, and you are all going to be the first to benefit from all that. So uh, become a member. It's going to be awesome. There we go. If you were in Seattle this past weekend or this past week, you might have seen us or talked to us or met us. We talked to, talked to a lot of people, met a lot of people, um, surprisingly number of people in Seattle, and we had a great time. The next con we're going to be at is WonderCon, which is in a few weeks. Yes. Uh, um, so we have well, there'll be events and details and, and stuff that we'll give away later. But we just want to put that on your radar. We'll be at, Ron and I will be at WonderCon. WonderCon in San Francisco, April second through the fourth. We'll be there. We've got some. We're we're in the midst of planning uh, events and things like that. So if you come to WonderCon, uh, you definitely come out. Gonna have a good time with my fanboy. There's a couple of panels that we're gonna be on. So a lot of opportunity to see us. So dude, WonderCon Saturday night. Re- train rest up for that shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yep. Take your vit- take your emergency. 
Yes. I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, so on Monday is our Don't Miss podcast. You may have heard about it. If not, go and sign up for it. It's on a separate feed. That's where we talk about a book that's going to be coming out that Wednesday. It comes out on Monday. We're talking about a book that comes out on, Monday? on that Wednesday. <laughs> Monday. With Green Lantern Hortit. Uh, but we do, what we do is we talk to a creator from that book. Uh, this past week was Tom Fowler talking about Mysterious the Unfathomable. And this week coming up, Ron is going to be talking with, hey, J.T. Kroll. Yep. So that won't be awkward. Uh, no, they're going to be talking about the rise of Arsenal, uh, another special about uh, Speedy. All I got to say is, that, have you seen the cover of that book? It's one yes. ar- one-armed Arsenal on his knees screaming. Looks awesome. <laughs> It should be an interesting conversation. So, yes, go subscribe to Don't Miss if you haven't. It's only 15 minutes. A lot of people have given us feedback that they love the shorter format. It's just a quick snapshot into one book that you should check out this week. So definitely check it out. So, And while you're checking that out, go to ifanboy.com. As Ron said before, we had tons of content this last week and the week before. We are now stepping it up. That's one of the things that's coming along with our deal with Graphically. We told you we'd get more stuff. It's happening at ifanboy.com. Go there. Read my Pick of the Week review. Check out all the in-depth discussion, all of the best of features from the week of the covers and the panels and the Twitters and all that stuff. All, all kinds of good stuff happening at ifanboy.com. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about. That's where you'll find the links to our social networks. Be our friend on Facebook or Goodreads or other places, Twitter, things like that. MySpace if you really, really want to, but I haven't checked that website in six months. Um, go there, ifanboy.com slash about uh, 9, 12. <laughs> Every Wednesday we do a video show. Last week we talked about war books in our war vault. And this week coming up, I believe, Josh, is the Emerald City Comic Con show. No comment. <laughs> Hy- hypothetically. <laughs> Listen, at this point, 60-40. I'm not saying which way. You may have seen us running around with the camera if you were in Seattle, or you may have seen some pictures online that have been floating around of us interviewing people, because apparently people snap photos while we do it. Which is odd. It's it's getting weird because like I'm starting to notice it. Like other like they're kind of off the side, which is fine. I encourage you to do it, but it just it's always kind of weird. It just I don't know. It's not weird. It used to be that people were taking pictures of something else and we were just in the way. Yeah, yeah. Not as weird as that lady who remember Ron we were shooting the outro and the lady came up to the camera and just started staring at me. Yeah, that was weird. There have been a couple of weird moments. It's still my my hands down favorite weird moment was the was the it was only me. You guys weren't there when I, me and Gordon went to Chicago in like oh six oh seven. Went around comics at their table and they were recording and I was on and a, a a girl in a Superman shirt just came and sat down and I didn't we didn't really know the around comics guys that well at that point and so Tom and Chris assumed that she was with me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what was wrong with her, but let's just say she wasn't all there. So she just like, and so they start talking to her. It's like, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know who this is. It's like, <laughs> that was fun. So Good I love, stuff. I love the strange stuff happens at the cons. It's awesome. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're working here, people. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's great. It's great to meet people. We definitely encourage you if you see us at a con, come up and talk to us and stuff like that. We really appreciate it. But often, it's a good chance that we're probably talking to a creator. And you should want to meet them, too. Yes. Because <laughs> they're the ones who, who make all this happen. We're just people who talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah, we're on like unless, idiots. Yeah, unless exactly. you have a cold. Yeah, true. Exactly. Don't talk to them at all. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail. Be eligible for the voicemail-only giveaway at one fanboys It's one 888 Awesome. One of the ways that you can help uh, is to write a review on iTunes for any of our myriad shows and feeds. So if you haven't done that, go there, do it more. It seems like there's a lot, but we can always use more, and that's one, one really good way to, uh, to do that. All, another thing you can do is, you know, we don't have the money to put an ad up on the ESPN, 
So you got to tell people about it some way or somehow or, you know, if you know people at the comic shop or you know people that would like the site or that would like the podcast, you know, we're constantly running into people who are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know about this kind of thing. And so if, if you want to help get the word out there, then, then please do. We really we appreciate that. Yep. So excellent. All right. So uh, that's it for this week. Until next time, I am Ron. I'm Connor. I am Joshua Flanagan. 